In the name of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. So the portion of Mark's gospel that we just heard begins by telling us that the apostles had gathered around Jesus to tell him all that they had done and taught. And this is the only time in the book of Mark that the word apostle is used. And that's significant because while a disciple is one who believes in and follows a leader, an apostle is one who is sent out to do the work of the leader. And the apostles here were reporting to the one who had sent them, as would be expected of any official emissary, right? So Jesus then invites them, these apostles, to go with him away to a deserted place all by themselves to rest for a while. Now, a deserted place is another way of referring to an actual desert. So why would Jesus invite these apostles to rest in a place that is so uninhabitable? Well, maybe, maybe because Jesus himself spent 40 days in the desert before beginning his own ministry. And the desert was also the place to where Jesus withdrew after performing his first miracles. And then in many places in the Old Testament, we find that the desert described as a place of danger and immense challenge. It's also a place, though, where God is to be found, providing the faithful with refreshment and guidance. The time of rest that Jesus was seeking for his apostles was well needed, as the apostles had been swamped with the number of people who were coming to them. But even as Jesus and these exhausted apostles were making their way to a place where they intended to rest, the crowd got wind of where they were going and ran ahead to intercept Jesus. Now these people were so desperate to receive Jesus' healing that they came from all of the surrounding towns on foot into the desert, a place without food, a place without water. And by the time that Jesus arrived, these people were already waiting for him. Even in his great need for rest, Jesus takes one look at this multitude of people and feels compassion for them. Now, bear in mind that compassion is not pity. In fact, the Greek word for compassion literally means to suffer with others. This compassion compels Jesus to, to teach when he longs to rest and to heal many when he truly wants to be alone. Jesus suffered along with these desperate individuals because they seemed lost like sheep without a shepherd, as it said. And so Jesus taught them undoubtedly imparting the long-awaited message that God has sent a Savior into the world. Upon leaving the crowd, Jesus and the apostles then go by boat to the town of Gennesaret, where upon their arrival, word spread quickly. And clamoring for Jesus' healing touch, people throughout the entire region carried sick and diseased on mats to any place any place where they heard Jesus might be. 
in the midst of this desperate crowd stood the one who could heal them. Wanting so badly to be near Jesus, it didn't matter where Jesus went. In the city, in the country, in public marketplaces, these people would reduce themselves to begging, stumbling over each other just to touch the fringe of Jesus' cloak. And in the mere touch of that cloak, people were healed. Now, I don't believe that any of us, or many of us anyway, see ourselves as members of a desperate crowd. We don't stumble over each other to get to the communion rail. We like order, always wanting to act with proper decorum. In fact, we would do almost anything to avoid the mere appearance of being desperate. But I actually admire those people who would go anywhere, who would do anything regardless of the hardship and the difficulty to be in a place where they could be with Jesus and seek the healing that would quell whatever that desperation came from. Desperation has a way of reordering our perspective on life, bringing into focus our helplessness, our true helplessness, in light of the hope and healing that God offers us through Jesus. So think about it. Our lives are filled with so much, right? Our jobs, our possessions, leisure activities, even our families. Our lives are filled with so much that we may not even be able to see that we're not so very different from the people who were so desperate that they ran headlong into the dangers of the desert just to hear Jesus teach. And if we stopped and thought about it long enough, perhaps we might realize that all of these things that preoccupy our lives, with all of that, what we really long for is to feel the presence of the one, the only one, who can provide us with true healing. And I wonder what it might be that needs healing in each one of our lives. You know, what, what would motivate you? What would motivate me to drop everything and desperately seek Jesus? A life-threatening illness, our own or that of a loved one? Perhaps an adult child in trouble with the law or in an abusive relationship? Maybe we'd be motivated to seek Jesus when we're told that we no longer have a job or we receive notice that someone is suing us or when a spouse tells us that he or she no longer wants to remain married. The answers will be different for all individuals. But I believe one thing is pretty sure for all of us. And that is that we'll seek Jesus when all of the things in our lives that we take for granted, all of the things that give us a feeling of security, are threatened. And then, then we're able to see clearly that there are indeed things that do need healing in our lives. 
Sure, we might try to fix things or, or compensate for our losses by replacing those things with other things. But I think we all know in our hearts that the way to healing is to embrace the fact that maybe we really are desperate. Loss amidst the dangers of the desert of mortal life. And in that admission, then we're made free to be redirected to seek Jesus, to seek the love and the compassion that Jesus offers to us. Moses prayed in the desert that the people would receive a leader so that they would not be a sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus, as we heard, had compassion on a crowd on the shore because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And I'm afraid that our culture teaches us to believe that we need no shepherd, that we must be strong and independent and beholden to nobody. It may not be until we find ourselves lost in this world that we realize that we do surely and desperately need a shepherd. Through God's grace, we don't have to remain lost because each one of us has a shepherd already. The one true good shepherd given to us in Jesus Christ. Jesus is our shepherd, you see, the one who seeks after us, hoping and waiting for us to make our way toward his voice and into his arms and allow him to bind our wounds and suffer with us in his great compassion until we're healed. As surely as Jesus stood among a desperate crowd as the one who could heal them, Jesus stands among us right here in this room, in our homes, wherever we are. Jesus stands among us in our own desperation and our longing as the one who is the true and divine source of all love, the source of all compassion, the source of all hope, and the source of all healing, whether it's in our bodies or in our minds, or in our hearts. And that shepherd will never, ever leave us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.